You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another edition, a Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey and Daniel, as always. Welcome back. If you're watching on Twitch, this is going to look a little different than the last few weeks. I'm not on Twitch today. Uh, Corey and Daniel are. I am. We're holding this together by strings. Comcast. I'll make a long story very short. Comcast has fucked me, guys. And this is not. Wait, I shouldn't have said that. My Internet service provider has fucked me, guys. Listen, here's what happened. I had a problem. They came out and they fixed it and it was awesome customer service. And then a couple of days later, it's like the classic overachiever. They sent somebody out to make it even better. And that person completely fucking disabled my internet by accident. So now here I am going on two days with no internet. And it's crazy how, it's really crazy how dependent we've become on our internet. Like I know there are people listening now, I know for a fact, who haven't had reliable internet for a little while. And it is insane. Like, you can't watch TV the way you used to. I mean, you can't do anything. Like, we have become so fucking dependent. It's insane. So I'm ready for this to be over. They've got people coming out tomorrow. I shouldn't have blasted Comcast like that. They are trying. I think what happened to somebody made a mistake. I make plenty of mistakes. Anyway, another mistake that I made is I didn't do a lot of studying before the show. Uh, today, we're going to be doing wide receivers. And between the internet and my lack of study, I'm going to lean heavily on Corey and Daniel. Uh, because... As they typically lead these segments anyways, I'm a little bit less prepared than I normally would be. So here's what we'll do today. We're going to do our top. Are you doing six, guys? Top six still? That's fine. What? That's, yeah, fine. that's fine. Do you want to do five or six? Six. Okay. Six. Top six wide receivers. We've done tight ends. We've done running backs. Now we'll do the wide receivers. Next week will be quarterbacks. And then the day of the draft, are we doing a mock draft? Sir. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you have it. So that's what we're doing. Um, news. We talked a little bit about mock drafts being garbage before the show. We talked a lot about whiskey. We did some turkey calls. Have the dogs have the dogs calmed down, Daniel? Yeah, they stopped barking. How much they're of the, good now? How much of the turkey call <clears throat> thing was was live, Corey? Uh, half. half. Oh, good, good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, you should you should let us know. I guess we should always assume. Yeah, we should know when we're when we're live. We should know. You're right. That's no, my fault. Not safe. But I usually t- I usually turn it on when there's like a really good safe conversation going on that I don't think can turn bad. But no, I like I it. Should probably, I should probably let you know. I like it. No, and I don't want to ruin the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ruin the immersion. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's see. Daniel went last week with his sixth best. Wide receiver. But before we do that, right. wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, was there anything we wanted to talk about outside of the wide receiver class? Um, Did you get most of my rant about the uh, quarterbacks in the draft? So I've gotten some of that rant, but I wasn't going to necessarily use it in the show. What, did, what were you saying about, you said something about the top four picks being quarterbacks three times. I remember you said that ever in the yeah, history so, of the NFL. Yeah, so... There's been three times there's been one, two, three have been quarterbacks. Uh, uh, most recent 
not too long ago. Um, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, but yeah, one, two, three, four has never happened. And like, if I were to, if I were to put my money together and have to bet on that, I'm going to bet that it's not going to happen. And now there's, we briefly talked about it. There's rumors of the Houston Texans, maybe not going quarterback. So that's two out of the top four teams that may not be interested, but maybe one of them trades out. I don't know. But basically what I was saying is the way we in the media evaluate and, you know, think this is all going to go down like we think all these quarterbacks yeah one two three four but the likelihood that these teams are valuing all these quarterbacks as top five picks and they're willing to give up all that all that draft capital to move up and get that done just to draft one of these quarterbacks that in reality are probably you know in any other year probably mid first late first second round draft picks um it's just not going to happen the way you know obviously the media wants us to get excited and watch the draft and the conversation's fun and it's fun to make scenarios up, but I just don't, there's, it's not going to be one, two, three, four. It's just not going to happen. I don't think these guys are as talented. I think they all have potential. Um, like Anthony Richardson, you know, has the highest potential, probably any other, any quarterback we've ever, ever seen. And I think his floor is a lot higher than a lot of people think, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. And, um, yeah, that, that was my big thing is just maybe calm expectations a little bit. I think it's the draft night is still going to be really fun. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement just because I, I the, these things may not happen. So a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, it's not one, two, three, four. But, no, it's going to be really good. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we only saw two quarterbacks on the top four picks. That was it. Yeah. Daniel, you had you were so quiet there for so long, I thought something is wrong. Is everybody connected? Are we all still here? Roger, Roger. <laughs> all good. Okay. I agree with it. I, I need more thumbs up from you guys. I'm I'm on eggshells today. I feel like I honestly feel like I could be sitting in a room listening in in silence, waiting for a pause because I don't want to interrupt for a very long time. <laughs> okay, so a couple more. I need a little more thumbs up, guys. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Okay. It would be awesome. Um, but no, that's fascinating. I think that's actually fascinating. We have been tied up in the quarterback talk because so many quarterback teams, quarterback needy teams have been caught up in the top, uh, in the top of this draft here that it makes sense. Like the lazy viewer would be like, well, fuck. Yeah. There's going to be 16 quarterbacks taken in the first 16 picks because all the quarterback team needy teams are up there. No, no. We, we talked before the show too about where we think Will Levis would fall. Like, if you look back on this, are we going to be surprised if Levis is a back-end back, back end first round pick? Would you be shocked? No. Like, you'd be no. like, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, Will Levis to the Patriots. Let me, that's not, that's not actually, I'm not saying Will Levis to the Patriots. I don't think that's going to happen. But if something like that happened and, they, and he fell back to the mid round of a team that didn't really need a quarterback, but, but could, could definitely use a prospect, like, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I have to think about that a lot because I have been caught up in that media trap. So I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but we do have some wide receivers that are going to make it into the into the fray. I think we've got at least one that we're talking about potentially being an early first round pick, which isn't very common. Um, I guess it's not too uncommon, but it's not super common, right? Am I crazy? 
like an early first I draft think, pick? I think over the last few years, you've seen the value of the wide, wide receiver position skyrocket. I mean, all these teams that have been successful, they've got a good quarterback and a really good wide receiver. It's really important to have right now. Um, so the value is definitely definitely increased. You're more likely to see a string of them go in the early to mid first round. And uh, I think some of these guys we're talking about tonight, you'll see on night one of the draft for sure. Um, Maybe all of them. Saquon, do you want to talk about Saquon Barkley for a second? Did you see the news? Yeah, he's not going to sign his franchise tag. He's not showing up. He's not showing up. Nope, not going to do OTAs. I don't think this is a huge deal. Um, it doesn't, I'm not, the news isn't that he's holding out. Maybe I don't want to go into this too much because like, we'll find out more real soon. Um, but yeah, definitely something to monitor. Saquon's not going to show up to OTAs. And he's not signing his franchise tender right now. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Anything else? Nope. Any, anything major? I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers still a Packer. Aaron Lamar's Rodgers. still a Raven. Lamar's going to be a Raven. Yep. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham got signed. Uh, <laughs> what, you hate it? <laughs> what, you hate yeah, that? What do you, what, do you, what do you think about that, Daniel? Um, I think they paid too much. But um, I think if it was a ploy to get Lamar back, because the rumor came out afterwards that Lamar was the one that was recruiting him, which is so confusing because Lamar was like, yeah, I'm not playing on this crap. I want a long-term deal. Get me out of here. And then all of a sudden he's the one that's saying, hey, come to our team. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But if it was a ploy to get Lamar back you know back on track into baltimore can you really put a price tag on that i mean but you know odell signs for up to 18 million and i know it's 15 million base um but it just seemed like a lot (laughs) but i will say he may be the best receiver that's ever put on a uniform in baltimore other than steve smith i wanted to wait and that's pretty sad i wanted to wait and let you get through it it is really sad but he is the best wide receiver that's ever put on a Ravens uniform since Steve Smith. Now, his injuries are concerning. Everybody's worrying about that, but we're talking... He had back-to-back ACL injuries. What did he play last year before... Not last year. I mean, I mean the year before, before the Super Bowl. He did show up in the playoff games, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah he was definitely in the Super Bowl. Like, with his hair on fire. Like, playing... He was bawling out. Was he not? Yeah. 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 He was great. I think that Odell is quite possibly, I mean, there's a massive void there with, with Marquise Brown leaving. I don't think I really gave Marquise Brown the credit that he deserved while he was a Raven. It wasn't until he was a Cardinal where I was like, holy shit, this guy can ball. Maybe it's because I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the wide receiver group out of Baltimore. Maybe it was because Lamar Jackson was the guy throwing him the ball, right? Now, I know Lamar had a really great hot start to the year last year. I don't want to be too disrespectful, but we've talked about this at nausea. And the stats say Lamar is not a prolific pass thrower. Having said that, putting Odell Beckham in the mix, man, a, a high tide raises all ships. Odell's a guy who obviously has made a name off of one great catch. Like, let's just call that what it is. There's been a lot of his season... A lot of his his games played. Oh, man. He was great, though, outside of that. He was. He was fantastic. His rookie year 
was remarkable. Something he made we, Eli Manning a Hall of Fame conversation. Eli Manning was already a Hall of Fame conversation, but... Um, I don't think so. I think he was, but anyway. His rookie year was incredible. Like, not a lot of wide receivers. They're doing it more now. But at the time, not a lot of wide receivers would show up their rookie year and then explode the way that he did. It wasn't just one catch. It was an entire year of catches. So I don't want to be too disrespectful. He did decline, which I think is reasonable when you start out so hot. With all that being said, this is not, I'm not shitting on Odell. Like he, I think he is the best wide receiver that the Ravens have ever had on their roster. And I think that includes Steve Smith. And I understand what Steve Smith was. Like, that's real. Now, Steve Smith, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I also wouldn't be surprised to find out that Steve Smith has better stat lines and has better record. But Odell's going to bring the rest of that wide receiver group up a notch. Uh, all these other guys, we're going to say, who are these guys? We don't know these guys' names. Who's Lamar throwing your ball to? Well, they're all being mentored by Odell Beckham Jr. now. A guy who honestly can be a bit distracting, but also can be really polarizing to young wide receivers. You got to think about the ego that goes into that, that group. Like... Those are the, that's the ego group, the wide receivers. Like those are the guys that think they're tough shit and they've got Odell Beckham showing them how to be tough shit. Like, honestly, I'm starting to hype myself up. Like the wide receiver room in Baltimore might be sneaky fucking good just because Odell's present, just because he's there. Like they're all going to want to be like Odell because they're all going to be young, unproven, trying to make a name for themselves wanting to win games, and scrappy as fuck. I'm excited. I just got excited. I'm pumped. I'm a fucking 8 out of 10 right now about this. I like it. Daniel? I'm excited for you to be excited because I feel like I'm the only one that's semi-excited, but I'm, I'm excited for there to finally be um, a half excuse for a wide receiver talent in Baltimore Yeah, because we haven't had one in 10 years. Hollywood Brown was the guy. Like, he was the guy. Nope. He was. Okay. He wasn't an, a dominant alpha, though. <laughs> you know what? You know what? No, no, you're right. Yeah, you, you can't have a 5-2 you're alpha. Right. Yeah, you're it right. It just doesn't make sense. He wasn't an alpha. Yeah. He was asked to do things that he wasn't before. Okay. So, Odell's a, a raven. I'm excited for it. You're optimistic, maybe. I don't know. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. Uh, anything else? Corey? Daniel? No, I think I'm ready to get into these wide receivers. Last week, nope. Corey, last week, Daniel went first. Corey, you're up. Who is your number six wide receiver of the class? Oh, I, don't, I don't have a ton of notes on this guy. Um, my number six is Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, 6'2", 220. So he's a bigger wide receiver frame. Uh, my, my notes are physical wide receiver. He's got, a, he's got some spectacular catches on his film. Uh, but he doesn't run a real diverse route tree. Um, I, I think there's there's some potential there. I like my only real thought in my head is like Zach Pascal. Like Zach Pascal is always a guy to catch a ball and put his shoulder down and get a couple extra yards. I think Jonathan Jonathan Mingo could definitely develop into something. But um, just kind of watching the film, just nothing spectacular, nothing that screams star player. But with his size. 
Uh, he does have some athleticism. Like he almost reminds me of like a watered down AJ Brown, just with his size kind of lacks the speed, but he's a strong wide receiver. Uh, he has the ability to make really, really strong catches, but in the NFL, he's going to have some faster defenders on the back end. It could be a little troublesome for him, but he's at six for me. That's kind of where my drop off is with talent. Um, really, my my drop offs one one through five, and then Jonathan Mingo's kind of by himself, and then there's there's a few other players. Uh, but yeah, I've got Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss at six in my rankings. Uh, that's interesting because I I have not done a lot of research on on Jonathan Mingo. I remember doing it early on um, a few weeks ago but um he from memory he was a kind of a muscular build slot receiver so it kind of reminded me of what you were talking about and i think he reminded me more of like an anquan bolden type guy um just like a stockier build like you know not gonna not a barn burner type you know like aj brown but a guy that's just a good possession receiver um good size i think let me look it up here real quick i was almost done typing it in um yeah six two two twenty i mean that's that's pretty good size um especially for a for a muscular build slot receiver um ran just over a four four six i guess a four four six forty um so that's that's pretty decent ten foot nine broad jump twenty two reps on the bench so i mean the guy's a great athlete at old miss um i i kind of remembered him being like a like a guy that i was excited about on film but like no one had him anywhere near any of the lists which is interesting and um uh, so i kind of kind of wrote him off just by peer pressure almost um on that aspect so um i got to be honest i i don't know a whole lot about him um kind of one of the only times on this show in the last couple of years that i i don't know a whole lot I, I remember him. Like I said, he kind of reminded me of an Anquan Bolden type guy, just like a muscular slot guy um, that was that was productive. What did he What did he do at Ole Miss? Did he do anything good? Like as far as um, statistics, I was looking. Um, so trying to look I, up here. I'll try to pull some stats. I try not to look too much into stats. I mean. You've got it, a, it was FCC is the only reason I'm interested is just just the conference that he played in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would be curious because you know if it was like Big Twelve or something like that, I would kind of write it off as like oh he didn't play against good defenses. But if, if it was SEC, I would give him a lot more credit towards what he did. So it's in 2022, 51 receptions for 861, uh, five touchdowns. Some rushing okay. attempts. Not a, he had four rushing attempts. Not like a not a real weapon guy, but a muscular. He's a muscular slot player. I mean, that's what he is. He's not gonna. Yeah. He's not a, a an elite route runner by any means. He's pretty much running a straight line or a lot, straight line with a little bit of a curve to it. Um, but he's good at catching it in traffic, and he I, there's a couple one handed catches on the film, so. I mean, there's a little excitement there, you know, just really just more of like a well-rounded guy. Um, he's he's going to need to find a role on an NFL offense, so. Gosh. Okay. Um, number six? My number six is actually Marvin Mims, um, a guy that I actually liked 
a year ago, and I was hoping he would come out early, but he didn't. Um, 5'11", out of Oklahoma, and um, I, I he is just... I feel like if he was 6'2", he'd be projected as like, I don't know, like an early early first rounder, like a top, top 15, 20 pick. Um, he had the production, you know, two, two seasons ago, and he is so fast, 183, but he ran a 4.3840. Um, he's, he's really strong, too. He plays pretty strong. Um, he lines up on the outside, which is really good for a guy his size. You know, you look at like where they project in the NFL. A lot of these guys project as like slot receivers, but if they can line up on the outside, can take on the number one corner and succeed, you know, during that, I know it was Oklahoma. I, I just got through saying big 12 defenses are not as strong, but um, he, he can line up anywhere on the field. There were times that he lined up in the slot, did very well, lined up on the outside. Um, he averaged almost 19, actually almost 20 yards per catch in his career. That's a lot. So he's like a barn burner type guy, but also a really good possession type guy. I feel like he's a good all around receiver, um, run after the catch solid. You know, if he gets the ball in his hand, he's, he's almost like a running back, even though he only weighs 183, he, he is very, very good. Um, some of the weaknesses that I've read about him is he needs to tighten up his route running and he, he seems to be schemed into wide open coverage, but a lot of those are kind of nitpicking and I feel like it's more him than, than the coaching. But uh, Marvin Mims is someone that I think is going to surprise. And I, I think he's going to be a day two pick either second or third round. And I think he's gonna be a solid NFL starter. Got nothing on Mims. Um, so basically, the way I pick my guys, <laughs> I, I I went top ten best available on just ESPN.com, which I don't know if that's probably the best place to go. But he was number thirteen there, so I didn't quite get down to Mims. Um, but that's the thing with you know with these wide receivers is there's, there's a lot of athletes here, and you know you can find some positives about everybody. So and we've seen a lot of guys late pop. So um, definitely could be some potential there. My number five is Trey Flowers out of Boston College. 5'9", 182. Small, yeah, Zay Flowers, 5'9", 182. Ran a 4'4", at the Combine, so he is quick. Not elite quick, but he's quick. I've got him ri- written down as a weapon. He's a weapon guy. Good speed, creates space on those. You know, the NFL now, they like to dump these throws to the far outside and make these wide receiver screens. Great guy for that. So, I think there's plenty of offenses he would fit into at the next level. Uh, He has the ability to make some spectacular catches in traffic and in the red zone. I've got that he could be an elite route runner at the next level. So, he's kind of got that twitchiness to him. I don't know that he ran a ton ton of routes at Boston College. If I'm remembering right, their quarterback was atrocious. I think I, I think I th- let me look through the other guys real quick. I may I might be thinking no, yeah I don't think their quarterback was very good. But yeah I, I mean I like Zay Flowers a lot. He's he's fast. He's definitely gonna be a weapon at the next level if you know if he's in the right place. So he's got all the tools there. It's just whether he's gonna be able to execute. I think he just lacks some of those 
some some of those plays that you know the highlights that Justin Jefferson makes, the highlights that DeAndre Hopkins makes. You don't you just don't see a lot of that out of Zay Flowers, but he's got all the tools to make that happen. So that's why he's towards the towards the bottom of my five. But I do like Zay Flowers a lot. Yeah, um, my number five is a guy named Zay Flowers. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. We got a perfect match. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. Five nine one eighty two. I don't know if you, if you said that Corey, but, um, he, he kind of projects as more of like a slot receiver, but, um, everything that Corey said, absolutely true. He's real slippery, um, in the open field. Like he's a good, um, you know, run after catch guy and plays plays bigger than he is. You know, you would seem like a five nine guy. He kind of reminded me, and I I know this is gonna seem absolutely crazy, but like an Amon Ross St. Brown, like uh, just slightly downgraded from Amon Ross St. Brown guy. Um, there was a report that came out this week that um, several NFL teams project Zay Flowers as uh, an absolute first round pick and maybe like the wide receiver two of this class. So he is being hyped as as going potentially that high just because of his route running and playmaking ability. But um, yeah, it, I, I see. I'm looking up strengths, stair steps, man coverage. He he is so good and works works back to the throw when needed. That was something that shows a lot on tape. Like if he's doing some kind of a slant and he can kind of feel the zone coming, he'll cut in front of the guy, come back. He's very quarterback friendly. He's very easy to throw to, and that's what you want as a wide receiver, and he's very safe. Um, Zay Flowers, I think he's going to be if – he, if he makes it out of the first round, I think teams are going to be – we might see like a – possibly like a trade-up scenario. Um, in the second round early. I don't, I don't expect him to get through like a round and a half. You know, I, I think he's a second round pick all day long, all day long for sure. Um, Tony, have you done any research on Zay Flowers? Oh, you're going to call me out here. And unfortunately, I, I just, I, I didn't know if you wanted to chime in yet. No, you've been silent for a while. Yeah, I have been. I'm afraid to do much, to be honest with you. I don't want to like things are going well now, to be frank. And I don't like I, I don't think that just voice communication is going to cause a problem. Typically, when you guys are talking, I'll pull up some, you know, I'll pull up some stuff in the background. Take a look around. I know I remember off the top of my head, Zay Flowers has been projected as about the third to fifth wide receiver off the board. I think you guys nailed it. Um, huge talent. I think it's all there. No, I don't have really much to add. There's there's nothing that you guys said that surprised me. I'm surprised that I am surprised that both of you ranked him at five. I would have thought surely one of you would have had him a little bit higher uh, because his name is one that's being brought up more. But I, I totally get it. You support it. Excuse me. I'm sure you have your top four. I'm sure you have reasons. And I can't wait to hear what are your reasons for your number four Corey. Number number four on my list. This is the last guy I evaluated last night. Uh, I wrote down, and I don't know if I regret this now, but I wrote down reminds me of Devontae Adams. I think what's Devontae Adams? Six one. I think Devontae Adams six one. Uh, yep. I've got Jordan Addison here at four. Uh, wide receiver out of USC, 5'11", 173. 
some more he's, he's a smaller wide receiver too he does have the height to him um i've got him written down as a solid route runner he's great yards after the catch and i think that's where my comparison to Devonte adams came like Devonte adams if, if you can get Devonte adams the ball like if he can sit down in his own coverage get the ball he's gonna make a couple dudes miss and then from there it could be to the house it could be just three yards but he's always gonna get you something extra like he's able to turn it up field really quick and uh kind of hit that stutter step uh he doesn't have top end speed that's my probably my main issue with jordan addison i've just got him written down as a solid do it all wide receiver he has a chance to be elite at the next level he looks bigger than what he what he measures out as when you watch him on tape uh i do like jordan addison a lot he had a really good quarterback thrown to him as well which you know he should have at the next level so uh, i think jordan addison has a chance to get open um in the right spot he could be one of these guys that pops in his first year or two and we're like holy cow how do we miss that guy uh he's all the tools are there i had him in the you know in the upper tier of every category i was rating these guys at i do like jordan addison a lot uh, i think some of these other guys just excite me a little bit more but i mean any of these top five guys i i, I really like i like i like jordan addison yeah jordan addison is actually my number three uh wide receiver and i i agree with everything you're saying he, he's 511 173 and he actually reminded me just because of like what he did production wise versus what he like weighs and plays like, he kind of reminded me of a Devonte Smith. Um, he, he's shockingly small. <laughs> I'll say that. Like when you look at him on paper, you're like, this is the guy I just looked at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would guess closer to like 200, maybe like 205. If I had to yeah. guess, that's not the case. Oh my gosh, he's so tiny, but he still runs, you know, a sub four five forty over a ten foot broad jump. And actually, you mentioned the quarterback that he played with. He actually played in Pittsburgh two years ago. Kenny Pickett was his quarterback, who we obviously know as a first round quarterback selection, and then transferred to USC to play with Caleb Williams, who will be a first round selection this next year. So he's had elite quarterback production. So he's had that going for him, which I knew he knew going into this. But just his burst and speed, he's, you know, I, I call Zay Flowers slippery. This dude is slippery. <laughs> um, talk about a quarterback-friendly wide receiver. He he has punt return capability. He, he has, he's been returning punts for three years. So he's really, and that's a good indicator of how good you are as a, as a wide receiver. Like Christian Kirk was a good punt returner, you know, Julian Edelman, those type of guys uh, that are smaller, they're, they're returning punts. They know how to, you know, what to do with the ball after they catch it. Um, so very, very good there. And then not a lot of touchdowns. So like what you're saying with Devonte Adams, he's not as big and, you know, as an imposing factor in the end zone. So that's why I also say Devontae Smith, because I, you know, I, I see kind of a ceiling for Jordan Edison as like a five, six touchdown type guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he's so good though. 5'11", 173. And I will be absolutely floored if he makes out of the first round um, just because of his production. He, I don't have him in front of me, but his stats are, you know, off the charts because he's had, NFL quarterbacks throwing to him 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like my can my comparison to Devonte. Like I remember when Devonte played the Colts this year, it'd be like first or second and a on their own forty. And they'd give the ball to Devontae Adams five yards and just no matter what, he'd get the first down. Like he's slippery, right? He's he's gonna be a pain in the ass to deal with, you know, maybe not in the red zone, but working your way down the field, a guy you can get the ball to that he's just burning, you know, you get the ball in his hands third and five, it's a short throw. He's just burning you all game and he you just can't stop him. Like he's he knows where the marker is, he's gonna get to it no matter what. Like that's that's more what he reminds me of in the Devontae Adams sense. Not necessarily like the red zone. So Jordan Addison is a player that I I didn't do extensive research on any of these guys. And I've been so distracted over the last two days uh, that honestly I feel lost in a lot of ways, but I remember some things about Jordan Addison. I remember the NFL. Um, you know, I do look at the. I mean, I like to familiar my for from for, for okay somebody familiarize. Thank you. Famili- okay, I like to look at the combine familiarity. Stats. I like to look at the combine stats, not because it's that important, but it gives you an idea of size and speed and you know those kinds of things. When you're not wearing pads. Um, one of the things I remember that the NFL's website had, they come, they, the NFL website compared him to Tyler Lockett, which you guys know how I feel about Tyler Lockett. Oh, oh God. Is he going to be your one-on-one? You know, I don't think that, I think Jordan, <laughs> I think, I think Jordan Addison's more likely to be a bust than he is to be Tyler Lockett. Oh, and I know that's, that's really, no one can measure up to Tyler Lockett. No, for you, that's right? not it at all. Um, that's, <laughs> That's because players like Jordan Addison, like Tyler Lockett, they're kind of anomalies. Like, he's he's not very big. He's fast. Like, that that's kind of his thing. He's shifty. I think he can run a full route tree. If I remember right, he is an above-average route runner at the college level. The thing that comes back to me is what you were talking about just now, Daniel. He's been playing with, really, pro-level quarterbacks his entire career against college-level defenses his entire career. Things are about to change for him very, very, very quickly. And I'm not saying that he won't be able to keep up, but I don't think that we're going to see the same production out of him. He's a player that I expect to take a step back when he moves into the NFL. Like, he's a guy that I don't see as jumping onto the, onto the scene and doing something big. He's got a lot working against him. And I think the biggest thing he's got working against him is the luxury and the convenience of having such good passers in the in the recent past with the watered down defenses that college offers and I'm not I mean obviously the college players become pro players I'm not shitting on college defenses but a lot of college defenses don't go to be the pros right and he's about to be I think he's gonna be a back end first or a second round pick you're not wrong Daniel I think that's where he belongs but he's gonna be playing against the best defensive players in the world and I expect to see, I'm, I'm cool on him I'm cool on him. I would have put flowers above him. I probably would have flipped you guys. I'd have flowers at four. Addison at five. Word. Yeah, and he won the Bolitnikoff award for the best wide receiver in the country in college football two years ago. So not this past year, but two years ago. So this is a this is an award that he won with Garrett Wilson, you know, Chris Olave, all these wide receivers that have come out last year in the draft that have flashed. And then he was too young. He stayed in transferred to UFC or USC. 
Um, but yeah, he won wide receiver of the year basically because Kenny Pickett, um, you know, killed it in Pittsburgh before he got drafted, and this was his number one guy. So the thing that is in his favor is that he was Kenny Pickett's number one guy and then Caleb Williams' number one guy. So there's also something to be said about these NFL quarterbacks trusting him. He's a good player. Yeah, I don't disagree so with you there. Yeah, it's not just, you know, with you there. had a good player, blah, 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 just kind of works itself out, but they they trust him. So there's something to be said about that. He he, he obviously is a very quarterback-friendly player if, if you know, they're they're killing it with him. So um, keep that in mind. But my I'm going to back up a little bit because Jordan Addison was my number three. So going back to my number four is Jalen Hyatt, um, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, he's six foot, 176, so not, not that much different from the 5'11", 173 that we were just talking about with Jordan Addison. Um, you know, he runs a four, four flat 40. So this is a, this is a speed guy. So we're talking about Jordan Addison being like a, just a perfection, like a slot guy, um, just kind of making it. This is a guy that, um, has had Hendon hooker and he actually has scored the touchdowns because he is a breakaway speed guy. Um, he had 67 catches for over 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns in 12 starts for the University of Tennessee. And my pro comp for him is Deshaun Jackson. You know, all the all the things that I've been seeing is like, oh, he's Will Fuller. Like, if you click on the um, highlight reel for Jalen Hyatt, it's long bomb after long bomb after long bomb. Like this guy. <laughs> He, he fools one-on-one coverage every single time, and he is so fast. He's always past the safety, and Hooker just chucks it long, and he always catches it because he's, so, he, he's a good wide receiver, and he always scores a touchdown. So, you know, 15 touchdowns, that is incredible on 67 catches. So that I think that's why people compare him to Will Fuller is like the the pace that can't be you know replicated. Um, but I think Jalen Hyatt is a solid wide receiver, very good route runner. I think if he learns a little bit more of a route tree, he kind of has the I'm going to say like the DK Metcalf treatment going into the NFL. Like oh he only knows a few routes, but I I feel like if he develops like DK Metcalf does, he could be a like way more dynamic wide receiver, more like a Tyler Lockett. Actually, he, he if he develops a little bit more, he reminds me more of a Tyler Lockett than a Deshaun Jackson because then he would be a very good possession receiver and a, a good deep ball receiver. And you know how much I hate Tyler Lockett, but I'm giving him preps right now because if Jalen Hyatt – uh, can develop into a wide receiver that is like Tyler Lockett. I feel like Jalen Hyatt can be a better Tyler Lockett. So I like Jalen Hyatt a lot. Very good, solid wide receiver. Did it hurt you to say it, that? It. it uh, I said, you know how much I hate him, but I didn't like him. I, I could feel my heart skipping me. Oh. 
Jalen Hyatt came in at seven for me. Okay. Um, I've got him ready here. I'll just read you my notes. Another limited route tree from Tennessee. I, I scouted, yep. uh, let's see, Cedric Tillman before Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Hyatt has yeah. great, great speed and is definitely a deep threat. Although he has the speed, he didn't give me enough after the catch. So, like, that that Devontae Adams effect that Addison gives me, Hyatt doesn't have that for me. Like, his stop and go, like, if, if he catches it in the sitting in zone, he's not, like, reading. Like, he doesn't have that extra second to then take off and go to the open yeah, space. he's going down. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, which... Yeah, he didn't create much by himself besides when he gets behind the defense. So he's like in college, he's very reliant on getting behind the defense. But my concern is if he can't make the extra yardage, like I just described, you know, after the catch, maybe sitting in a zone, maybe he doesn't have the, uh, you know, the agility to run great routes. I don't know. And that was basically my biggest knock is I feel like a lot of these guys in the past have gotten drafted just because of their speed and they've been busts. Uh, who's that guy from, uh, he went to the Bengals, John Ross, like Ross. I know he ran crazy 40, but he was drafted because of the speed, right? Like I could see high, like very high bust potential for me. And that's why he's so far down my list. I feel like he's a one trick pony. Obviously if he can develop all these skills, but I feel like he is, he just has so much work ahead of him. Um, He's just further down my list. Could and he make top seven, though? He did make my top seven. Hey, he's a good player. Uh, number three, where are we at here? Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. I wonder if this guy even made your top five. Oh. My, number, my number three is, let me find him in my notes here. Uh, I'll read my notes first. I don't have a lot of notes on him, but he's very impressive to me on the film. Scurries around like Tyreek Hill. Doesn't have Tyreek Hill's afterburners, but he's got that, like, you know, Tyreek Hill just likes to run around the defenders like they can't catch him. He's like, he's uh, the, he's like the gingerbread man. Uh, and what impressed me most about this player, the player is Josh Downs out of North Carolina, five foot nine, 171 pounds, really tiny, tiny wide receiver. But what he does in the red zone is unbelievable. This guy is catching 50-50 balls like he's six foot four. Uh, he he's real like I said he scurries around like Tyreek Hill. So they can line him up and you know they get it like a three wide receiver set on the right. Uh, he runs a little bit inside and then bang he goes to the outside and it's wide open. Like the main goal in the NFL is to score points. It's an offensive league and this guy gets to the end zone. He's a threat in the red zone despite his size. For me, Josh Downs is just, he's unbelievable. Like, one of the more impressive players I watched, he scored 11 touchdowns for North Carolina this year, had Drake May throwing to him. By the way, Drake May looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he does. I'm excited for Drake May. That guy, he's got a, oh, a little pump fake, and then he can rip it. He turns the other side of the field and rips it. Oh, I love me some pick. 2020, 2024. Tell you right now. Like the Texans, are they expecting to be good this year? No. If if uh, the Alabama kid's not there, just wait. Draft, go next year. You'll be a top five pick next year. Anyways, love Josh Downs. If you're looking for just, I don't know, who's who's a small guy that's really good in the red zone? Like maybe like a Hunter Renfro, Julian Edelman. Like he's got good speed. It's not top end, but just just real snappy. Real he just scurries around, man. I love it. He he just the gingerbread man. Give me Josh Downs at number three. 
Yeah, um, his uncle is Dre Bly. For the um, the old uh, Detroit Lions corner, really, really solid. Um, and now he's a corner that does sound uh, familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he does have the production. Uh, 101 receptions, 1335 on the yards. I mean, when's the last time you've seen someone with over 100 catches in college? And that's really, really hard to do. Um, I know I mentioned, I um, can't remember who it was. I think it was maybe Jordan Addison with 95 the year before. But, um, I mean, that's that's really good. And then, he, and then he topped that off with this past year, 94 receptions and 11 touchdowns and 11 starts. I mean, won a game. That's production. Yeah, that's that's really solid. And um, he opted out for the team's bowl game. Um, pro comps I've been seeing on him are like you know Kadarius Tony and like a downgraded. Um, I said it earlier for the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, uh, type guys like that. But um, see, I, he, I just think he's a little, he's a little more crafty than those those guys. I feel like like just a little more twitchy. Yeah, it's it's hard to be twitchier than Almon Raw. <laughs> but um it's, so something that I have in my brain, he came in at my I was looking while you were talking wide receiver 8. Okay, so he was up there, but uh he he was very weak against good corners. So like press coverage or a good solid cornerback, they they just manhandled him and he played to his size. And I think if if you're at the next level and you're going against an NFL corner, you're going to struggle. So I feel like uh, just on game film from from my memory there, I I hope that he can develop and and get taught. Um, I you know it's it's amazing from his uncle being Dre Bly that he would even have a sort of weakness like that. But um, that's just something that I remember from Josh Downs because I remember watching him from Drake May um, because I was like, man, I need to watch this kid because I've been hearing so much about him. And then I got tied on to watching Josh Downs and I'm like, God, this guy's going to be good. And then I'm like, oh, God, he's going to be in this draft. Oh, okay. And then I, I, I started I started watching him. But even one of the weaknesses on NFL.com can be slowed by physical press corner. And, you know, if, if he's got that kind of weakness that people can identify, then he's just going to be pressed and they're going to take him out of games. But um, I, I feel like that that's something that maybe maybe he can he can be taught, but it kind of seemed like more of a strength thing for me. But uh, hopefully he's I mean, he's got the production. Like I said, if, if he plays in the slot, he's probably not going to be pressed an awful lot if he plays in the slot. And um, with him being like Corey, what you were saying, not, not all that big. He's five, nine, one seventy. Uh, maybe he just turns into the next Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm telling you, right. Like slots probably where he belongs. Um, but I'm telling you, I watched a Moss like five or five DBs and I don't know who the DBs were. I don't know who the good DBs are, but I watched him Moss five receivers in the red zone and it looked like he, he I think he's six, four the what he was doing to these guys. It was incredible for five, nine, one seventy one. Nice. Gosh, that's um, little. Our, fuck. That's so small. 
It is small, yeah. dude, but what, so just go little. watch. Just go watch. He they're doesn't. Awesome. Yeah. It's, A lot of these guys don't play like they're that small. Yeah. They might look like they're that small once they get to the NFL. But in college, they don't look like they're that small. It's Sometimes hard to, I imagine, hard to evaluate. You know how, like, in a Disney movie or in... So I don't want to get lost here. But, like, I'm imagining, like, an animated or not real, like, a fictional movie where the hero is this tiny little thing, right, against the giants. Do you, do you, know, do you see where I'm going? And they're, like, zigging and zagging. They're tripping all over themselves. Does that happen in the NFL? Like, is there a point where being small, like, does it work? I'm trying to think of a player that that works Tyree for. Tyree Kill, Maurice Jones-Drew. Okay. Okay. You can get you can get a little, like, especially for, like, a running back, you can get a little lost behind their line of scrimmage, hide, and, you know, you're sneaking around back there, and then, boom, okay. Okay. bust out. Okay. Surprise. Yeah, Maurice Jones-Drew, that threw me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Are we on to number twos? Yeah, I think I'm up again here. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Number two, and so I think me and Daniel are probably going to have the same one and two, but it depends what order we're in here. Um, my number two was a little underwhelming based off the hype I've seen around this player. Um, my pro comp for this player is Cooper Cup, and that player is Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. He's six foot one, one ninety six. Comes off as a really smart player. I feel like he probably sees the game in slow motion. Does not have elite speed. Uh, where's his 40 time? Uh, I think it, he didn't. I don't think he ran a 40 at the combine, but I think his Ohio State Pro Day 40 was like a 4.48, which is really not what you'd expect out of a player that's expected to go in the first round. But he's an elite route runner. I mean, just well rounded. Like anything you need him to do, he can go do it. Uh, but I feel like he just lacks that breakaway speed at the end of the day. And he scored out the same as my number one wide receiver. And I don't really have a lot of knocks for Njigba. It's just the speed for me. Um, and he doesn't, like, when you see him play, he doesn't, I don't see superstar, but he does everything so well that, like, he's probably, like, probably going to be productive to somebody. Like, he may not be a number one for a team, but... He could be a career long number two. Like if you if you were to plug him in with Justin Jefferson, like oh my god, like that's your Adam Thielen right there. Um, I've got a pro comp for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup doesn't have elite speed, but he can sure as hell get open. And I think Smith and Jigba can do the same thing. So I'm curious to know. Is, uh, I'm curious to see what you say about Njigba, uh from Ohio State. But he was kind of overwhelming, underwhelming just based off where he's going and mocks and how, what people are saying. But I, I like him. I li- like he graded out really well for me. Uh, does everything well. Just he doesn't have the playmaking that number one has. Yeah, I'll say this is the, this is the toughest ranking uh, for me going back and forth. I, I've gone back and forth so many times on one and two on this. And before the pod, I ranked Jackson Smith and Jigbo as my number one. And my pro comp for him, I think you'll think it's perfect, Jarvis Landry. Okay. He, he's, no. he's, he's one of those guys. Like, like Not he's just, top end speed. He's just really reliable. Like, just a per, like a Reggie Wayne almost. Just like a guy you love to have. Sure. Yep. 6'1", 198, out of Ohio State. 
And, you know, I always flash back to, so let's, let's go back last year. So when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were going into the draft, right? And, you know, you have the, you have the kind of week leading up to the draft and they were, they were asked like, Hey, Hey guys, you're both on the same team, right? Who, who's the, who's the best wide receiver on Ohio state? Is it you or Garrett Wilson, you know, or, or, or the, or the other one. And you know what they both said? It's Smith. Jackson Smith. Did, and they, did they say Jackson Smith and Jigba? No yeah, way. They both. <laughs> yes. They both, they, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both said Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver on the roster. It wasn't even prompted. Like it was between both of them to get drafted. And obviously they both went the first round and guys were asking them, who's the best wide receiver. And they both said Jackson Smith and Jigba. He, he was so incredibly good. And so to put it in perspective, Chris Olave opted out for the bowl game. Um, this was two years ago. So early 2022. So, since Chris Olave was not in the game, Jackson Smith and Jigba caught 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns in the bowl game. He has the ability to dominate a game. I've watched so much film on him, and I even saw, I even watched Steve Smith uh, break down film on Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he, he just... He, he does nothing but rave about him. He said, this guy, he knows where to go. He runs. He's looking at safeties. He's looking at the corners. He knows when to sit down in coverage. He's kind of like what we were talking about, Michael Mayer, a couple weeks ago. Um, he, he knows how to be quarterback friendly. Um, he caught 95 catches for 1,606 yards and nine touchdowns in 2021. Unfortunately... He had the injury bug last year, and he had a hamstring injury that was bad enough to keep him out most of the year. And then by the end of the year, they're like, yeah, why don't you just stay out? You know, you're, you're good enough. You're going to be drafted pretty high. And I've also heard the rumor this week that NFL executives have labeled him as the only first-round wide receiver grade on a lot of NFL teams' charts. So... You know, you, wow. you don't you don't know if that is like a a play, you know, oh, yeah, he's the only first round wide receiver we have. And they're actually wanting to draft another guy. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you, you have to just assume that's that's true for some people. But Jackson Smith and Jigba two years ago looked like an absolute shoe in for maybe the best wide receiver in this draft to come out. Um, but but. Corey, I'm guessing that your number one is the same as my number two with Quentin Johnston. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, the guy is an absolute animal. So I don't, like, I don't understand. Well, I guess I kind of understand why he may not grade out as um, a first round wide receiver. And, you know, it is, so, sorry. Quentin Johnston is six foot three, 208 pounds. Like he's your, he's your big body. Like, I don't know your Calvin Johnson prospect that you're looking for. Right. And I think his only knock is probably that he doesn't play that big. Like, 
you don't see him high pointing a lot of catches like red zone threat, but what he does everywhere else is absolutely phenomenal. Like out of all these guys, we just mentioned all these speedy guys, this guy, we mentioned like sitting down in coverage and catching a ball, turning around, looking at the defense and doing something. This is your dude. And he's six foot three, two Oh eight. And he's got the best stop and go. I think out of all these other guys, like he can be standing still one second and the next second he's five yards behind you. Like he's unbelievable. And for his size, it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's like unprecedented. He's so shifty and quick and like he almost like kind of like a Tyree kill. Like, I don't know how to describe it. He's just elite after the catch is what I've written down. He runs crisp routes and that's because of that shiftiness, right? He can stop on a dime and turn, uh, does it all looks, looks like a man, a man among boys in college. Um, I know maybe his, I don't know. I kind of looked at his stats last night. I expected him to be higher. Yeah. But uh, who's the quarterback for TCU? Duggan, Max Duggan. Yeah, Max. He's, he sucks. Max Duggan sucks, <laughs> and, and he's in this draft, and he sucks. Uh, he, he's a one. He's a one read guy. There were, I mean, I saw multiple times where Quentin, Quentin Johnson's wide open on the left side of the field, and Duggan's locked in on the right side. He holds the ball for five seconds, never looks over there. If if he had a decent wide receiver, we're talking about maybe the greatest wide wide receiver prospect of all time. Like, I don't know. Like, he just wasn't targeted enough by Max Duggan. Like, he's not a good quarterback, but he's got the sideline catches. I do have him written down as a red zone threat. Like, he, he's got those catches on film. There's just not enough of them. Uh, great ball tracking. Like, when the ball's up in the air, he you know, he's got a defender blanket on him. He's still tracking it. Uh, solid route runner. Just But what popped out for me the most was just what he, do, what he could do when he has the ball in his hands. And create that extra yardage. Like I talked about Devonte Adams, he's a weapon and he's also an outside wide receiver that could be a number one. So those two things are the combo for me just puts them a, just a little bit above in Jigba. Like they're, they're almost like the complete opposite player. Like Quentin Johnson is just somebody who can wreck a game, you know, with, you know, crazy plays and, uh, speed and making dudes miss like he's a highlight highlight real guy i guess would probably be the best way to say it. and jigba is just like a dirty work guy like he's just gonna run the routes and get the production and get the job done but he may not show up on a highlight tape like that's that's the difference for me and i think the potential there with the size if he can master that 50 50 ball and you know be more of a physical wide receiver than this this is the guy for me done more research on Quentin Johnston than anybody in this draft class, to be honest. Um, early on, I, I've watched him all year at TCU before TCU was a good team, right? So I, I've told my relatives, I've told my dad, I said, you got to watch Quentin Johnston. He's the next Julio is what I kept saying. That's, I love that. I love Julio. And, and you know, the more the more I watched him, I, I've watched so much game film on him. Uh, more than I, honestly, I've watched more <laughs> Quentin Johnston game film than like the last three years <laughs> of any prospect, to be honest. Because I'm just so confused on why he only had six touchdowns and sixty catches. It's Max Duggan, I, I, dude. It's Max yeah, Duggan. But so Max Duggan <laughs> threw thirty-two touchdowns last year. Yeah, to the opposite side of the field. 
32 touchdowns, then why did Quentin Johnson only have six? And so I keep like, and I even watched, I watched full games of TCU, like in prime time. So it was like hard to stay up sometimes to where those games would start at like 930. And I'm like, yep, got to stay up. Sorry, babe. Good night. And she would go up and I would watch TCU and I'm just, I'm watching live game time of Quentin Johnson. I'm just like, I want to watch Quentin Johnson. Like I, I've been on this guy for a year and a half. And it's just amazing. Sometimes like he gets taken out of games and I just don't get it. Um, he's still my number two. And I absolutely love the guy, love the guy. But like, if you get a physical corner that can press the guy, it takes him out of the game. And I, I, I hate it, but the guy like doesn't play as physical as I want him to. Like he's six, three over 200 pounds, like just hammer the guy. Like, just play to your ability. My my pro comp, it started with, he's the next Julio, and it has finished with Alshon Jeffrey. Okay? So I feel like he doesn't have the, the top-end speed that I want him to have. So I watch plays where he, he'll take it to the house, right? But that's more of kind of a design to where maybe maybe the the defense was supposed to go one way and he catches it going the other way and then he's it's just speed at that point cuz he's fast but it's not necessarily him out running the defense so i i don't know if it's more play design as far as speed goes but um Alshon Jeffrey i think is the perfect comp because i think this guy is an absolute red zone monster going forward he has he's 63 but has a 69 wingspan okay so the catch radius is alshon jeffrey okay and i i just watch multiple games where i'm just like okay they're down by they're down by two touchdowns why is quentin johnston not had a target in 20 minutes like what's going on here and then i'll i'll realize i'll just i'll just keep watching like i watched so much live game film of quentin johnston that he th- th- the previous or the the opposing coach is just press coveraging him and double teaming him. And then he gets taken out of games and it's just so frustrating to see, but he's got to get through that to, to succeed at the next level. And that's why I call mouse on Jeffrey, because if, if a team is on the red zone, you know, and, and, you know, you chuck up fades, he's got excellent body control and he tracks the ball. Well, there were so many like, over the shoulder, like toe tapping catches that were 20, 30 yards that you can't teach. He is so incredibly good, but like, I want to see that, but you know, a design play like 15 on the 15 on the 10 of somebody throwing it, you know, to him on a, on a design like fade route. Um, but I, I absolutely don't, don't confuse me putting him at two as, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is that much better because I absolutely love Quentin Johnson. I'll be all over where he is drafted at because I absolutely love him as a prospect. I just want him to play stronger and play like he's 6'3 and can overpower those guys. And, you know, maybe the top end speed isn't necessarily going to be a disadvantage if he's that far ahead of the defense, like a lot of times he was at TCU. But, um, Trust me, I am I am mentally I am mentally in on Quentin Johnson because I have put in the time on him. I have watched him for over a year. 
and I am I am all in on Quentin Johnston. I just rank him my number two because I feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba can have more success um, based on based on the shorter routes, based on what like guys like Amon Ross St. Brown have done recently. Um, but I think Quentin Johnson might be the next. You know, I would say if 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 Cortland Sutton, a guy like him, has done what he is supposed to do, I would say Quentin Johnson's more more like him. But Cortland Sutton even plays stronger than Quentin Johnson does. So I just I want that for him on the next level. I'm I'm pumped to see what he can do as a as a progression. Um, because if he if he advances like I think he will, I think Quentin Johnson is going to be an absolute superstar. Yeah, and I guess like. You you kind of like let's be honest. You kind of shit on Quentin Johnson there for a minute. Like oh, I, I love him though. Like I, I, know, sh- I know I know I, I shit know. on him because I care so much. Like, I know I, I know. Put in the time, but like, in you know maybe that's something I didn't see very much in my film. Which like I said, he you know he struggles a little bit with the uh, you know the fifty fifty ball. Like he doesn't play strong. Like let's be honest. But I feel like dealing with press coverage is something that is much more able to be taught opposed to where Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, his you can't teach speed, right? That's probably his biggest weakness. He can do literally everything else, but he's missing the speed. Where Quentin Johnson, he's like when you when he has the ball, he's he's so elite. So like if you if you can teach him how to deal with that press coverage and get him the ball, you've got an elite wide receiver. So for me, that's I like that's just another argument for me to to push him over in Jigba, just from a potential standpoint. Like for his size, like if he can be the red zone threat, if he can be the route runner, and he can deal with that man coverage and do what he does, you know, in the middle of the field when there's three defenders around him, and he can create that extra five to ten yards Quentin Johnson all day number one and I don't like TCU when was the last time a wide receiver came out of TCU like yeah they, we don't Never. like probably not great coaching there if I had to guess he is the highest rated recruit since Ladanian Tomlinson is what I've read okay. so yeah it, it's very rare that someone comes out of TCU and succeeds yeah. but yeah as I was watching game film it was funny like as the play like progress and the announcers are, are talking, you know, Duggan would throw it and, and, you know, Quentin Johnson would catch it and he's just like looking around like, Oh my God, how do I get this wide open? And then he runs for the touchdown. And they're like, how did they leave that guy open? The projected number uh, first round pick. How do they leave that guy open? So like everybody knows who he is. And this was like week three. <laughs> people have been watching him all year and i i definitely have i've put in the time i put in the live like game film of like watching full games of him and i i fully believe that he will be a good wide receiver and i don't mean to you know crap on him as much as you said but i just feel like he he is going to be a very very solid wide receiver and there's a couple things that he needs to improve but like DK Metcalf, right? We take him for example. There was a lot of things he needed to improve. He wasn't even like the top four or five wide receivers in that draft class. And he is an absolute monster. He's like yeah. Terrell Owens. So this guy has the potential to be that guy. He has yeah. the potential to shock the world and be the DK Metcalf of this draft and let everyone that passed on him feel stupid. Absolutely. What do you think, Tony? Tony? Uh, could you hear that sound I made? No. What a bummer. 
What an absolute fucking bummer. It was a turkey hen yelping. You couldn't hear it? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to tell Daniel, so this was the point in the show where I was going to make a turkey sound, and I was going to tell Daniel, you know what? Turkey sound goes right here. There you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.